pray. Father, this is your word. Uh, we thank you that you are the God who um, knows us and uh, knows all things. We would be very proud uh, to uh, to ignore what you say, um, but we know that our hearts often don't want to listen. Um, we might hear, but we don't really uh, uh, respond. Um, so please, would you help us today to, to not just hear what you say, but to respond uh, to, to you, uh, to your love for us, your mercy, and when we are sinners. Amen. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. He went on from there and entered the synagogue. And a man was there with a withered hand. And they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? So that they might accuse him. He said to them, Which one of you who has a sheep, if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out, and it was restored, healthy like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. Well, I'm ho I hope you've had a good week. Um, it has been a bit of a scorcher, um, and it's been nice, hasn't it, to get outside a bit, um, whether you've been in your gardens and stuff. I would actually like people to post um, their best, uh, actually true, not fake, sunshine video uh, pictures. Um, so, Kenny, I'm afraid you're disqualified. Um, but if you have any uh, true uh, sunshine pictures, please do share them. Uh, we're, we're in this chapter in Matthew 12. And uh, last week we saw, didn't we, uh, a question for Jesus. And this week we have another question. John's question last week was, are you the one who is to come? Or shall we look for another? Jesus revealed his identity as the son who reveals the father in the year of God's mercy. He would bring God's judgment one day, but those who come to him now will find rest. This week we're looking at the Pharisees' question for Jesus. And they ask this, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? They come to Jesus with a question, but we'll see that it's not really an answer they're looking for. The real conflict, I put, I put it at the top of your sermon notes actually, a quote that says, the real conflict here is uh, over who has authority to interpret the law. It's not really about what we should do on the Sabbath. It's who has the authority to say what we should do on the Sabbath. And the uh, Pharisees obviously think they, they have that authority. And yet Jesus, well, he's already been teaching about the commandments. And we saw that back in the Sermon on the Mount. So he showed that he is the one who has authority to interpret the commands. And he blew out the water with his own amplified version of the commands. Any notion of our own righteousness. Because we may think, hey, you know, I don't murder anyone. But we get angry. We may say, I've never committed adultery, but we look lustfully at people all the time. 
And uh, Jesus deepened the commands to show our requirements were really far deeper. The scope was wider um, in every area of our lives for everyone that we know and every moment of the day. Uh, not just a kind of tick box. Uh, Jesus is the one who knows its scope. So we're going to look at this command about the Sabbath. Jesus knows its scope and yet he lives it fully. And you, you, it might have uh, escaped our memory, but I don't think it escaped the Pharisees because at that time Jesus made a comment, didn't he, about them. And he said this, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, you're going to hell. Pretty strong words. And I reckon this is their direct response to that comment. You know, maybe it's taken them a little bit of time to come up with something, uh, to be creative, imaginative. But um, in, in, this, uh, in this chapter or this part, it's that Matthew says that they had come to accuse him. Uh, if you want to look at that, um, it's in your Bibles. Um, so Matthew chapter 12, in verse 10, Matthew, Matthew tells us that they asked the question so that they might accuse him. So that's their purpose. They've come up with a way that they think they can trap Jesus. And their, their plan is if they can catch him out, then they can discredit what he's saying. They can discredit what he's saying. So that's their game. They probably thought, like Hannah's top trump's Ten Commandments, that a, a law about God and behaviour towards him, like the Sabbath, that that kind of was higher than laws about others because if you remember the laws that Jesus spoke about were all about loving others we looked at them didn't we and they probably thought well we'll show you how much more devout we are than you Jesus we've got a commandment for you and it's the Sabbath we'll show you how holy we are but before we get carried away with the Pharisees it's worth us seeing that what was true then is true today and this kind of law keeping our own righteousness is in our own hearts too Wherever law keeping is the project, some of these commands will be the focus. And so what I mean by that is uh, how often does our focus shift from loving others <laughs> to actually doing religious things like going to church? I'm a, I'm a Christian uh, because I go to church. And actually, I do something different on a Sunday from everyone else. And so that makes God happy with me. Uh, and actually, it might even be our own Bible knowledge because the Pharisees are coming to Jesus and his disciples with the law. We know the scriptures. And it might even be that our own knowledge of the Bible is what uh, we puff ourselves up with to say that we're, we're, we're the Christians, we're, we're the good people. Um, so really, this is something for us too. It's not that Jesus says those things aren't useful. It's just that according to him, what the commands look like in motion is loving others and this is what we're going to see if you want to see the commandments in action it's loving others and that's what uh, pulls us up short okay we're going to see that in what jesus replies to to them today but it is a showdown you know in films there's often that scene where the two people who uh have sort of you've been learning about all the way through um one thinks they're the boss the other one thinks they're the boss or is the boss and uh, they finally meet. And this is the showdown between the Pharisees who fancy themselves as true interpreters of the law 
we're going to show you what it means. And yet we'll see, this is our first point, the Lord of the law is Jesus. The Lord of the law is Jesus. We see that in verses 1 to 8. The, the Pharisees come to, the, well, they come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, we heard you claiming that you fulfilled the law, and yet we reckon you're flouting it and your disciples are too. It may have slipped your attention, Jesus, but today is the Sabbath and your disciples are picking corn. Look, have you not seen? And Jesus says, have you not read? They say, have you not seen? And Jesus says, have you not read? Jesus points them to two, uh, thing, two parts of the Bible. And there's an example uh, with King David and there's a, a, an actual command. And these are things that actually are within the scriptures themselves that prove uh, situations where someone had authority to actually not carry out um, the, the commandment not to work on the Sabbath. So one of them's in 1 Samuel. I put it on your sheets, 1, uh, 1 Samuel, where David uh, and his mighty men, they, David goes into the temple and he, he eats the bread that was in the temple for God's presence. He had authority to do that as the king. And Jesus is saying, I'm the Messiah king that David was pointing to. And so I have authority um, to do what I want. And then there's another example, uh, which is with the priests. And you find that in Numbers. I put it on your sheet again. Um, and that was actually a command where the priests are to kill two lambs for sacrifice. So they have to do some work on the Sabbath. So Jesus is saying that you think you know the scriptures, but these are exceptions that are actually there. No one disagreed with David, what David did. And God's law even says um, that there's exceptions to the Sabbath. So where you're just holding to this hard line on the Sabbath means no work. And that what that means is, uh, well, we'll see what it means in a moment. But they took it absolutely, literally, nothing can be done on the Sabbath. And we're going to see that that's not actually what the Sabbath was about at all. Well, Jesus is greater, not just than, the, than David, because he is the Messianic king. But he is greater than, not just than the priest. You notice the priest was allowed to do this. Jesus says, he says in verse 6, I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. So Jesus is greater not just than the priest, but he's greater than the whole sacrificial system. You know, this is pretty massive. The, sac the temple was the meeting place between God and man. And it was instructed, it was instructed by God um, that this would be the way they would meet with him. And Jesus is saying, hey, I'm, I represent the whole lot, the whole caboodle. Not just the priest, not just the sacrifice, but the whole temple. And, and, and I'm greater than the temple. So if that's the great one, he has authority, doesn't he, to interpret the law. And actually, he is the only one who can interpret the law. But the showdown is happening between them. He says the son of man... In that last verse, in verse 8, he says, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. And we've heard Jesus use this name for himself before, haven't we, the Son of Man? And it's from Daniel 7. And that was a picture of someone who was given all authority over all things. Uh, so if you were to look that up, Daniel 7, it would say that he was, the Son of Man was given, off, came, came before the Ancient of Days, presented himself. So he is allowed into God's presence and he is given authority over all things. And Jesus says, rightly, the Son of Man has authority over the Sabbath. He has authority over the whole law. The Lord of the law is Jesus, not the Pharisees. They may think they're yeah. authority over the law, but they're not. Jesus is. 
Jesus also says in verse 7, I think it is, if you had known what this means. Now back in chapter 9, verse 13, Jesus had already given them this little project because they questioned him on eating with tax collectors and sinners after he'd forgiven Matthew, uh, he'd called Matthew a tax collector and they didn't like that. And Jesus gave them this project then. He said, go and find out what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. God is saying in Hosea, which is where it's from, that he is about mercy and his law is about mercy, being merciful uh, towards others. And yet, people, we make it about sacrifice. We make it all about the rules and the regulations. And he, t- he told them to go away to look at that. And he said, if you had known what it meant, you wouldn't have accused people who were innocent, like the disciples. They were, they were looking, weren't they? Beady-eyed, trying to find something wrong with the disciples. And they thought, we've got something. But Jesus says they're innocent. And he defends his disciples from that accusation. So... Uh, that's our first point. The Lord is the law. Uh, the Lord of the law is Jesus in verses one to eight. Uh, but we're going to look in the second half um, that the law of the Lord is love for others. Remember the, the Pharisees question. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Well, Jesus will answer their question. It is lawful to do good. He says that in verse 12. He says it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. But this is the thing. He won't let the Pharisees, his love marker. He's, he's already laid down. The commandments are about loving others. And he's not going to let the, the Pharisees shift that. So he says, you want to talk about the Sabbath? Fine, let's talk about the Sabbath. But I want you to know that the Sabbath is about loving others. And how's that going? He's going to expose that they don't love others. For all the law keeping and all of the religious activity, they don't love others. And that's what the law is about. The Sabbath, actually, of all the laws, speaks of God's provision. Why? Well, after God's completion work in creation, he generously shared that day and all of his creation with mankind. They were allowed to enjoy him and each other. So it's God's gracious provision, the Sabbath, the seventh day. And actually the commandment itself was given when? Well, it was given to Moses and the people after he delivered them from Egypt. They were to remember all that he had done for them, not what they must begrudgingly do for him. That's what the commandments were. They would be his people and he would be their God. And he knows and provides for their needs. Unlike Pharaoh, who flogged them endlessly. They were slaves. They were never given even an hour off. Wasn't even considered. And yet they'd been rescued. And God had graciously given them a day of rest. You see, the the commands were about God's loving provision. And yet what the Pharisees have done is they've actually interpreted it in such a way that God's provision becomes weaponized. They use it to flog people. They take God's provision, the Sabbath, and they weaponize it. So they, we're going to see what they do. Uh, Let's read verse 11. Remember there's this man, this guy who has a withered hand among them. And they're asking the question so that they can frame Jesus. 
And Jesus says this in verse 11. He says, which one of you has a sheep? If it falls into the pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out. Of how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out. And it was restored healthy like the other. There's this bloke and he has a withered hand. He's, he, you know, it means that he cannot do the physical work. He cannot do the farming or any of those jobs. So every single day of the week, he was not working. He couldn't work. And yet he comes to the temple on the, on the Sabbath, the Saturday, the one day. And what the Pharisees say to him is, you know, sorry, mate, we'd love to help you, but we can't. It's the Sabbath. Thanks very much. My life is hard enough as it is, and yet you are saying that you're not going to help me at all. And yet it's not that they didn't, it's not that they loved the law so much that they were behaving like this. That's what they might want us to, to think. And that's what we might want others to think. But actually it was that they didn't love the man enough. And Jesus exposes that because they did have concern for themselves. And actually underlying this, this legalisticness is a love of self. They would jump to, into action, spring into action, if it was their sheep or their assets that were at stake. So they were hypocrites. Jesus is exposing their hypocrisy and their lack of love. If you want to see what the commandments look like in action, it looks like love for others. And Jesus says, you want to talk about the Sabbath? Fine. How's your love for others going? What does your Sabbath show about your love for others? Is it really a love of self? And that exposes our real attitude towards his laws. Because we might say, hey, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really, I've got this Sabbath thing down. But actually, we're talking about something that's just a tick box. I go to church. So the law, the Lord of the law is Jesus. And the law of the Lord is love for others. And they showed that it's not that they love the law too much, but they didn't love enough. They didn't love the man. It was dressed up as concerned for God's commands, but for all their outward law keeping, they did not love others. Only Jesus knows what loving others looks like because he is the Lord of the law. And only he know, loves without ceasing and without exception. And it's far more important to him than winning the argument. So in verse 13, what does Jesus do? He heals the man. He heals the man. He does for the man the thing that is most loving. He helps him in his distress. And that is a beautiful picture, isn't it, of what the Sabbath is uh, in, the, in the hands of Jesus. <laughs> that he would reach out with all of the provision to be able to do it, and yet he doesn't withhold it from the man. He loves him. So only G Jesus is the Lord of the law and he lives it. And if you want to see someone who is embodies the, the commandments, it's Jesus. He lives the life of love, always without exception. It's those who come to him, though, who are given new hearts. that are able to love others as he loves them. Unless we come to Jesus... We're unchanged. When we come to him, he gives us new hearts that we might love others. Otherwise, we won't want to. 
and we might pretend we do, but we don't. Well, what does this mean for us? Well, it's striking what we see in this chapter. What starts out as um, rejection of Jesus is a quick slide into anger and murder. You see that in verse 14, don't you? Let's read verse 14. And they conspired how to destroy him. They went out and they conspired how to destroy him. So much for the Sabbath. Sabbath keepers. Jesus, you're, you're breaking the, sixth, the fourth commandment. Did you know that? But, but we're going to break the sixth. We're going to use our Sabbath to plan how we're going to put, uh, put you to death. That shows the slide, the quick slide, doesn't it? Uh, I'm, I'm the law keeper, or I'm going to keep the law, and yet actually it's a downward slide. It's not an upward trajectory, it's a downward slide. And it will lead you to hate others and to, and to, to, do, to want Jesus gone, really, out of the picture. Because he shows up, doesn't he? That we're, we're, we're hypocrites. We can't keep the law. He exposes their real attitude towards God and his commands. Law keeping has no transformative power. So this is our third point. Uh, it's kind of our take home application. It's on your sermon notes. Law keeping has no transformative power. Can you see it didn't change their hearts? It didn't change their hearts one bit. And it won't change ours. The law keeping drive in us will make us want to say that this passage taught us, we'll go away saying this passage taught us, be merciful, love others. We'll go away thinking that. But it didn't show us that. It showed us how law keeping gets us nowhere. It has no transformative power. It doesn't change us. But knowing Jesus does. Having him as our Lord does. That's real power. And that's what we must take home from this passage. We can be very principled people. We can fancy ourselves as quite being quite principled. You know, I pat out the bins on time. I keep my front, front garden quite neat. Um, everyone thinks I'm quite respectable. I hold strongly to my principles in life. But actually, we can disguise under the surface of our lives our unchanged hearts that never wanted to love anyone but ourselves. And that's the real danger. When we, when we think, hey, I'm, I'm going to keep the law, and that's what is disguised, but is under the surface. And it will come to the surface from time to time. We'll, we'll lose our rag with someone and we'll think, you know, I actually, I'll talk about my own experience. So um, I struggle with this all the time. And it's, uh, I call it actually getting things the wrong way around, the wrong way up. Uh, and we're in constant danger of doing it because making God's laws and commands about, about me and what I must do rather than about him and what he has done. 
And one way that shows I'm living that way and starting to head down that road is that I lose my joy in loving Jesus. Obedience becomes a joyless duty, something I no longer find delight in. I lose joy in the Bible because I make it what I must do, forgetting it's about what Jesus has done. We might even begin to see our church values. We've got three values as a church, trusting God, telling others and team love. We might actually start to see them as our three. We've made it easier for ourselves. There's not ten, there's three. But even three will break us if they become a substitute for God's mercy. Can we trust God? Can we tell others? Are we really loving? towards each other if it's not about God's mercy those three laws or if we see them as laws those three things will break us so I struggle with that but rejection of Jesus shows actually what we think of God and his laws and I want to say that if if someone's listening to this and, and they've only ever been in a kind of environment where they breathed in works religion by that I mean where law keeping is the is the activity of the day if you've only ever been in that environment and we'll have a discussion about it in a moment it will be really difficult for you to grasp hold of Jesus because you'll see him as something someone that you don't really need because you can earn your way to God and it's a blind spot. And actually, I want to say it's, it's more than hard. It's impossible for you to grasp hold of Jesus. It's absolutely impossible. It's impossible for you. And that means it's possible for God. So why not ask the impossible of him today? Say, I don't want to be like this. I don't want to approach you like a Pharisee. I can't change my heart I need your help that's what the song said wasn't it I can't change my sinful heart I need someone to help me that's the path of humility I've said that I struggle with this I you know I I do I turn God's laws into things that I must do and I forget his good and loving provision for me Um, so please do consider me as well when you pray these uh, things in And actually, I think as Christians, this is my, my final thought, really. I think the other comfort um, that Matthew has for Christians here. Can you consider that the original people who, uh, who Matthew is writing to were Jews? They were Jewish converts. They'd come out of Judaism. And all of their associates, their friends, their family were good, well-meaning Jews. And they would have been regularly quizzed on this kind of stuff. You know, their friends, family would have said, you know, they would have questioned their practice, their new practice, um, their new lifestyle. They would have questioned their understanding of scripture, the Ten Commandments, the law. And the big danger for them would be that they'd want to go back to Judaism because it just, you know, that's what everyone was doing and they would have felt a little bit unnerved wouldn't they by these these kind of questioning this kind of 
uh, challenge to their faith. And so I think Matthew is really comforting them. And I want to show you that because each and every time the Pharisees, we're going to see this throughout Matthew, each and every time they come to Jesus uh, with their best ammunition, Jesus knows exactly what to say to them. Such that by the end of Matthew, if you uh, just write down Matthew chapter 22, verse 46. So way into Matthew chapter 22, verse 46. It says that no one would question him anymore. Um, they'd run out of ammunition. So they, that is the point in chapter 22, verse 46, where these questions, they, they, they don't have anything else that they can challenge Jesus on. And isn't it wonderful for new, Christ, new converts to see that their saviour, their Lord, not just defends himself from every charge, but defends his disciples from accusation he won't let any, any accusation come against them isn't would you, do you not think that would be a wonderful comfort for them um to see that jesus uh knows the script the scriptures and to see him explain um how the scriptures point to him uh, so i want to leave us with that um but why don't we just have a moment now to pray um, I said I wanted you to hold on to that um, that line in our last song that said, he loved us first and now our hearts are yours. And if we get things the wrong way up or the wrong way round and we say, you know, Jesus, it's all about what I do for you. It's all about my good law keeping. And we've not understood his grace. And I want to say that that's something we keep on going back to, even as Christians. Um, so let's let's make that the big take, take home from today. Um, Jesus, thank you that you keep the commands. Thank you that even though I couldn't, that you lived the life of love and you did it for me. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your son. Thank you that he is the one who has authority. Um, with your commands uh, but he also lives them fully uh, we thank you for his love of others thank you for his love and compassion for that man um, that was just written off by the Pharisees uh, Lord Jesus would you help us to see that our own law keeping is a justification for neglect and not loving others because we say we don't have to. And would you help show us our hearts in this? Perhaps in the discussion afterwards or even on Tuesday, we pray um, that we would be honest with you. Even if we're not willing to be honest with others, we would be honest with you about what you've shown us in your word. Please help us. Don't, uh, don't leave us thinking that we're the ones giving to you and living for you without seeing that you've loved us first in your mercy and your kindness uh, you have set your love upon us and with new hearts please us please help us to be those who love mercy and not just rule keeping amen <laughs>